This is your week, your news for the week of May 7th, 2023. My name is Ryan Pluckelman. On the podcast this week, once again, the editor-in-chief of ClarksvilleNow.com. He's the only person who's been on every single one of these darn things. Oh, Chris Smith. Am I really? Yeah. You're the only one who hasn't had a sub yet. Oh, you guys don't do this without me when I'm off? No, no. We just say, like, if Chris ain't here, there's no reason. This ain't happening. Exactly. He's, he's a big deal, mm. folks, and we're glad that Chris is here. Filling in for Katie Gamble this week. Katie's out of town. So our very own assistant news director of the Five Star Media Group, you hear him every morning on the Five Star Media Group stations doing news and traffic. He is also one of the commentators on the Your Week, Your Sports podcast. Jeff Matthews is here. Hello, hello. How's it going? It's hey, going Jeff. good, Jeff. You're like the, the podcast king this week i am this week i am anyway so you're talking sports that's that's out there's an episode of your week your sports out yes new episode that just came out this one we released it was uh we recorded an interview with head coach cassie stanfield for uh the austin p governor softball team Mm -hmm. so we had that one come out this past tuesday okay and you also this past weekend were in central arkansas calling austin p baseball games i was had a great time out in conway we were over at central arkansas and yeah watched some austin p baseball all weekend you've been busy guy oh i tried Try my best. How All come right. nobody asks me to go call games? Can you imagine you calling a game? Hey, there's, I... a, there's a guy run, <laughs> running. Hey, somebody just threw a ball. Hey, and that's Chris Smith, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think we need to send Chris to do it once just to hear... Austin P. Baseball, <laughs> called by someone who knows nothing about baseball. Absolutely surrealist treatment of, uh, of baseball. Is there yeah. a sport you do like? Um, I used to be good at volleyball. Um, <laughs> used not, to be good at volleyball. I'm not bad at uh, pool or bowling if I've had a couple beers. Okay, so hey. if Austin P. gets a bowling team, we're going to have Chris call the Austin P. bowling matches. I think that's the greatest idea in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Here are the top stories for this week trending on ClarksvilleNow.com. All right. The uh, top story going right now, they had a meeting this week about the Juvenile Resource Center. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the idea is to build um, a Juvenile Resource Center here in Clarksville. And there's several reasons why they're wanting to do this. One of the main ones being that when a kid gets in big trouble um, in Clarksville, um, he's, he or she is sent to Columbia. Um, some of you probably don't even know where Columbia is. It's a good two, two and a half hours, wow. I think, um, yeah. south of here. Yeah. Or to one of the other facilities around the state. So um, kids are basically having to be driven to other locations um, when there's a problem like this. Yeah. Um, but they had the meeting this week, and one of the things that came up is, why are we sending so many kids to detention or incarceration in the first place? Mm-hmm. Um, so it created a pretty heated debate at the uh, town hall meeting that they had this week on the Juvenile Resource Center. Were you there? I was not there, but Christian, our reporter Christian Brown was there, uh-huh. and he said that um, there were some people who got pretty passionate on both sides about uh, the issue. Well, I mean, you look at the situation we had, and I want to say it was this it was earlier in the school year when we had uh, the shooting mm-hmm. at the West Creek High School football game. Mm-hmm. And where it was juveniles that were not connected to the school, somehow the shots fired in the parking lot. I mean, that scared people to death. Mm-hmm. And I know people were were not keen on going to ball games out. They're a little scared. Jeff, weren't you were you there covering that game when it happened? I was at that game. Yeah, I had the call for that night. We were calling it for actually the school system. They had a program going on for that night. And yeah, I was up in the I was up in the booth that night. It was a terrifying moment for everybody. Um, but yeah, interesting, interesting situation. And then the resource center coming into play, 
it's an it's a whole it's a hard topic I think for Clarksville, especially also with the more recent stuff that we've seen with the uh, reported guns in schools. Right, and you know you were there, and I remember the big controversy about that is they found the two young people who had, had fired the shots. Yes, they did. They did, but they didn't have any place to put them. Right, everybody was full. And so they, 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 they were calling around to different detention centers. Like we didn't got any room. We didn't got any room. So they, the kids like slept on the floor and in the, in the, in the, in the police department of the jailhouse. And then they were sent, they were sent home. And I think that's an issue that I think has to be resolved here in Clarksville is we have to have rooms for people who are going to be detained. We can't just be keeping people in offices. We're not. We're, we're, Chris, you can jump in on this. I know he's checking stats right now. You can, if you listen real closely, folks, you can hear his, 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 his super fast fingers. The wheel typing. is turning. Exactly. But no, we've got to get used to the, the fact that we are a big city. Clarksville right. is growing every single week. We talk about this all the time, the incredible growth in Clarksville. And with that growth comes more crime. It just happens. And so we are going to have juveniles misbehaving. It's going to happen. You can't get rid of it. So why are we spending so much time and resources shipping these kids off two hours away when it's going to be a problem here? It's going to continue to get worse. You can yell at meetings all you want, but the sooner we get this taken care of, the better, because it's a problem that's not going away. Mm. And on top of that, the police chief has come out and he has talked about how I mean, he has to send officers with the kid, with these kids to escort them to these detention centers, and that does take time from these officers off of the street, off mm-hmm. of yeah. other uh, other things that are needing to be attended to here in the city. It's almost like you're a news director. Sometimes, every <laughs> okay, now and then. Details. Look at you, Jeff. So one of the things to consider, just to, to play devil's devil's advocate here, right. because you know I can see some of the why they have some, some of these people have some of these concerns. Chris, about by this. the way, wants you to know he's never going to reveal his actual opinion. He's just <laughs> going to be the devil's advocate for whatever I say. But it's a matter of you know if we are going to be creating a place to detain kids in Clarksville, that mm-hmm. just makes it all that much easier to throw a kid into the criminal justice system mm-hmm. instead of dealing with the actual problems that are leading that kid to um, having problems. Right. Right. Because once you start putting a young person in jail, you're essentially starting that child down a path to where jail is the norm, right. being dealing with police officers as the enemy is the norm. Um, you know, just starting somebody on that path isn't helping anything. So why should we be building more detention centers, more places to put kids, you know, when they shouldn't be incarcerated in the first place, they should be, the problem should be being dealt with before these kids well, like every fun. issue, and I, it's funny because nowadays we live in a world where every single issue has one cause and then we'll take care of that. And we ignore the multitude of other causes and factors here. Mm. You know, I would like to see something where we're not shipping our kids off to cities far away in the detention center. But also we need resources and, and, and money spent on correcting the problem before it happens. Like if we can mm. reduce, if we can spend the money and spend the resources on trying to reduce criminal or criminal activity in juveniles, mm. but also have a juvenile detention center, cause we're going to need one. It's, I mean, if we could just ignore the problem, it's not going to go away. Mm. I think that's probably the best way to solve it. You just can't throw money at a detention center and say, all right, there you go. They're all done. Mm. What can we do to create an environment where we can lower the rate of juvenile crime. Yeah, and that's so. where I think we need to be putting our our funding, or at least even if it's at the same time, you know, putting our funding there. I th- one of the things I think that happens a lot is people look at things from the perspective of what they do 
for a living. You know, if yeah. you're a doctor, the solution is a scalpel. You know, if you're a carpenter, the solution is a hammer. If you're a cop, the solution is handcuffs. If you're a journalist, the solution is transparency. If you're a teacher, the solution is education. And I think one of the concerns to me about putting a juvenile detention center here is if we're going to have a juvenile detention center or juvenile resource center, whatever you want to call it, right. well, then we need to make sure it's full of kids. And, mm. you know, it's like you're, you're opening the doors to incarcerating more young adults, more children by building something like this in our community. By the way, you're wondering how does a radio DJ solve the juvenile justice problem in mm -hmm. Montgomery County. You yakety yak about it? No, you play more Taylor Swift. That's just the thing. Yeah, just, <laughs> have Taylor Swift playing all over Clarksville. She'll mm -hmm. calm everybody down. But no, I, I get what you're saying. And and there's there was a fascinating story. I had heard a podcast about it, about it. I believe it was Pennsylvania or it was Pennsylvania or Ohio where they found a judge was involved with a private juvenile detention center and he was getting paid for every kid he sent to the juvenile detention center. And so kids that were doing minor offenses that normally would just get like, hey, don't do that again, were spending serious time in juvenile detention because this judge was getting money from this private company. And, you, and you, I, I heard this story and I was like, my God, can you imagine that? So, of course, you want to put things in place so something like that wouldn't happen here. You wouldn't, of course, want it to be a privately run detention center you would want it run by the, the, the city government the county government but yeah i see what you're saying you've got you got a detention center with you know 500 beds in it some people look at that and go why aren't those 500 beds full mm -hmm. i think this topic also opens up the the dialogue of are we ever going to are we, are we going to start redrawing lines on what's an arrestable offense or what is a citation these days um a lot of these kids, I can see them getting arrested for petty theft right. or, you know, for maybe lower level crimes that aren't violent crimes. Right, right. Well, can we stop maybe arresting some of these kids and maybe just start going with the citation route and then right. have a court date due? And then that would eliminate that that process of having to find more detention centers or more detention rooms. Mm -hmm. Define what clearly you know, would result in detention. Yeah, because I think that a lot of people, they'll say, oh, you know, we should be tough on crime, tough on crime, tough on crime. Well, to what end? What what is your goal? What are you actually trying to accomplish? Right. If you want a safer community, incarcerating everybody who commits a crime doesn't really give you a safer community. Right. You just have more people whose families are destroyed because they have family members in jail. Right. Now that doesn't mean that no, you know people should never be arrested. Right. But if you turn everything into a crime and you and your only answer is to throw people in jail. What kind of society are we creating? You know, I mean, Absolutely. don't don't you yeah. want people to to be changed, to be rehabilitated, to have to have their families' lives turned around and get them back on the straight path? I mean, that's sort of the goal of most of the religions that we participate in well, in this country. So you're just wanting to lock everybody up. That doesn't solve problems. Well, again, it's that binary thinking. It's mm -hmm. all has to be this. Right. You have to throw everybody in jail. When mm -hmm. you have to look at it, criminal justice is about punishment, but it's also about rehabilitation. Mm -hmm. There are some people that, that commit crimes so heinous that we as a society have said, you know what? Rehabilitation is not an option. Mm -hmm. We're pulling you out of society and we're mm -hmm. saying... There, that's where you'll be. You're a danger to society. You've done something so heinous 
You're a danger to society, society you're out. Mm-hmm. But I think we often forget about the rehabilitation part of this. Mm-hmm. And especially when it comes to juveniles, if we can catch it early, if we can take these kids who are on a path that's going to lead them to do things that would, as an adult, put them in jail, if we can stop that, if we can redirect them mm-hmm. and give them the resources to get them excited about going to college or you know trade school or yeah. whatever... That's the thing. I mean, think about the option. Can you imagine the option of what it would be? And I'm just making, I'm just pulling stuff up out of my, you know what, on this. But can you imagine a route that would give kids an opportunity? You've, you're going to enter the criminal justice system because you've done something wrong. Or we're going to give you, you know, we're going to, we're going to teach you a trade. Mm-hmm. We're going to, we're going to give you the opportunity to serve your time learning a trade. Mm-hmm. And then they can see I've got skills now, mm-hmm. partner them, mentor them with someone in the community, partner the, you know, partner and, and have that mentorship with them. That's an opportunity that I think needs to be explored as well. Yeah. And, and I, while I have been arguing, um, you know, for the other side, just to keep the debate going, I do think that if they do this right, um, yeah. this could be a really good thing because it initially came to our community as we need a juvenile detention center. And very quickly, the conversation changed. We need a juvenile resource center. Yeah. Where the idea is, this isn't just a bunch of cells. Right. This is a place where we can address some of these juvenile crime problems and help get kids back on the straight and narrow. Yep. Instead of, you know, on the criminal justice system. Lock them away and forget about them until they're done. Right. But it's got to be done right. Agreed. And and these conversations need to keep happening, Mm. these town halls. So the people who are creating this understand it's not about detention. Right. It's about helping kids get on the right path. Yep. And I think one thing that I was wondering about it was, you know, who who's going to be in charge of this facility? Is it going to be city, uh, just city employees, or are there going to be psychologists that are involved? Or are we going to see a medical side of this resource center that is going to be helping these kids? I think those are major questions that a lot of parents are going to have, a lot of people um, who are going to be, you know, just in a huge part of this development are, are going to have to answer here yeah. because I mean, if there's no medical portion of it and it's just run by employees, then I, I don't really have a whole lot of trust in that because I feel like it's not coming from a place of professionalism mm-hmm. of trying to rehabilitate youth. I think we all can agree because we've all said it in various, various different ways. We want to see it done right. Yeah. It's a multifaceted. We want to see it done right. I think we all like the resource idea instead mm-hmm. of detention um, better. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, nothing against the the sheriff, but it does make me wonder who will this fall under? It could be anybody in the sheriff's office, right? But if it falls under the sheriff's office, then we're approaching it from a criminal justice perspective. If it's falling under the school system, well, it's going to be an education perspective. If it's falling right. under the courts, maybe the courts can run it in a way toward rehabilitation. Right. Some of those judges are very much about finding a way to help. Absolutely. Rehabilitate. We have so. some fantastic judges in Montgomery County doing some amazing things. Yeah. So that, that's another thing that needs to be addressed. All right. All right. All right. That's we covered that one. Right. We covered that one. Jeff, I like you okay it. with that? I think so. Okay. All right. All right. Chris never gets bad emails about this, by the way, because he's always like, I'm not going to tell you how I really feel. I'm the devil's advocate. <laughs> the devil's advocate. Uh, yeah, me and the devil got it tight. Yeah. Um, okay. So the next stop is Excel Market Barbecue Smokehouse destroyed in a fire. This was um, 
scary uh, thing that we heard about. So the first things we heard was Excel barbecues on fire, Excel barbecues on fire, and we started looking into it. It turns out um, the beloved Excel Market Barbecue itself was not on fire. It's their the smokehouse. smokehouse. The smokehouse, which is next door yeah. to the gas station. Yeah. Jeff, have you ever been to the XL Barbecue? I have not had XL Barbecue yet. Okay, we're going because okay. here's why. I I remember when I moved to Clarksville, this was 18 years ago, right? And someone said, hey, have you ever had barbecue? And I'm, I'm from Wisconsin. I'm like, well, yeah, I've had sloppy joes, right? And people are like, yeah. that's not barbecue. Or do they cover the, the meat with cheese in Wisconsin? Cheese and sauce. Yeah, yeah. it's cheese and sauce. Yeah. So he's like, I'm going to take it. I'm going to take you to a, a real barbecue place. This is pulled pork barbecue. And it was the XL barbecue. And I, I, I want to preface this by saying I love XL barbecue. Mm-hmm. So what I'm going to say next, don't get mad because I love it. Okay. When you go to the XL Barbecue, it's a gas station. Okay. <laughs> you go into a gas station. There's a place to eat in the back. It's not the cleanest place, but that's okay. It's not like brand new. It is an old yeah. gas station. Yeah, you want authenticity here. Oh, my right. God. Full flavor. It is like I've never had barbecue this good. Oh, it man. It doesn't need sauce. It is so moist and flavorful with zero sauce. I don't know how they do it. I've known about it forever, ever since I... Got to Clarksville five years ago or so um, at Austin P. I've heard about it, never had a chance to go over there. We do need to go over it's, and let me try some. Chris, you've had it before too. Yeah, yeah. Um, so l- let me back up a little bit because you didn't let me finish. Oh, I'm sorry. There's <laughs> mo- is there more to the story? Well, there is. There's the point that this, the reason the smokehouse. But but real quick, can I, I have just, to give you some some well, on, historical just, southern context. Gentlemen, smokehouses. Hang on. This I just have to say this one thing. Yeah, and I say this with love. This person who is guiding me through Southern Barbecue said there is a correlation between the quality of barbecue and the number of times the smokehouse is burned to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what, yeah. that's what he told me. Yeah. He says, you know, it's good when they've lost that smokehouse a couple of times because they know what they're doing. Yeah. All that to say, Chris. Yeah. Yeah. So back in the day, you know, kitchen would be built separate from the main house. Yeah. yeah. And that's the same kind of, you know, because... Kitchens had a tendency to go up in flames, mm-hmm. and that's part of the, what's going here with the smokehouses. Yeah, they're always going to be set off from the building a little bit, and that's what happened at Wits. Yeah, the Wits out on um, Wilmerth Boulevard, um, their smokehouse uh, caught on fire. Yeah, and um, they weren't. They ended up not rebuilding it. They yeah. were run, having money problems yeah. post COVID anyway. Um, so they didn't rebuild, but XL says they're definitely going to rebuild. They got to do like sort of a offsite barbecue thing yeah. to smoke things in the meantime, but while it gets rebuilt, but they will be rebuilding. That being said, their barbecue said, is great. Now their barbecue is great. Now, now here's the thing. I'm a wits guy because wits was the XL of my hometown of Athens, Alabama. There was only one wits. <laughs> And it was a... Wits is huge in Alabama. Yeah. It was a cinder block thing about the size of this studio. You would drive up and get your wits and, you know, they had some, a couple of picnic uh, tables and that was it. Wait, wait. But picnic. they have... Did you say picnic I did say tables? picnic. Because, picnic I enjoy, because I enjoy saying picnic. You are such a dork. But, um, but they franchised after that and now they're mm. everywhere. But yeah. they, they started out in that little place in Athens. And I love Wits Barbecue. So delicious, and it's I think it's I think it's superior to XL. I'm sorry to say. How dare you? Yeah, well, How sorry. dare you, sir? Sorry. Um, I was, <laughs> wow. I'm excited because, like I said before, with the quality 
correlates with the amount of times the smokehouse is burned to the ground, it's going to be even better when they rebuild. Oh, yeah. That's a good the flavor is going to be even more fantastic. Yeah. Extra yeah. smoke. Mm-hmm. Starts from the roots now. It really, the yeah. it really yeah. uh-huh. gets the flavor of Clarksville mm. all so around good. the brisket. I'm taking you there. It is so good. I'm so excited. I love it. We're going for lunch. Anytime you want to take me out for food, I'm, I'm okay, okay with Okay, you're not going to say no. I'm Never say to, no okay, to that. I'm always going to assume you're okay with that. That's good. That's good. All right. Speaking of hometown heroes, we'll go from the hometown hero of XL Barbecue to the hometown hero of Haven Madison. Haven Madison. Haven Madison. This week, she uh, lost or ended her journey on American Idol. Um, I guess this was the voting stage, yeah. right? Yeah. And so she... Um, uh, we were all rooting for her, but she didn't collect as many votes as her uh, uh, competition, and so she was uh, voted off the show. And in what round? So how many? She she, she made the top, the top eight. eight. She did not go to the top five. Correct. So they, they, if I, I haven't watched, to be honest with you, I haven't watched American Idol since it's Ruben Studdard and Clay Aiken, um, and, but I watched wow. this season. It's been a while. Probably that's longer like you would have been like a baby when that show was on. Okay, easy, Ryan. Uh, I was a little bit, a little bit older than that. I was not. I was definitely young. Okay, um, but no, I remember. I remember Kelly Clarkson winning the okay. first season, All and right. then I remember uh, being very upset that uh, Clay Aiken didn't win. Right, you're you're. A Clay, I was a, I was an Aiken guy. You're a Claymate, is what they call. Him. Oh gosh. Um, so, but no, I and and I, I watched this season because Haven was on it, and mm-hmm. and how can you not root for Haven Madison? Right, mm-hmm. she is so talented. But here's the thing that you you don't see she is so kind she has Mm -hmm. such a a great head on her shoulders Mm -hmm. like she is thoughtful she is considerate she is kind Mm -hmm. you know i my my daughter has has her math class they they have a math class together and the first time i met haven you know we're bringing her by the studio to do a bunch of interviews and i said oh hey haven Haven, you have math with my my daughter evelyn she goes evelyn pluckelman she's so smart i love her Mm-hmm. Like not even, you know, like, and, and that's what you hear from every kid that I've talked to at CHS. They all go, she's so amazing. She's so sweet. She's so kind. She's like everything you'd want representing your city yeah. is, is Haven Madison. So you had a take on this about like oh. how in some ways this oh. is like, I got beat up online. Like you wouldn't believe because here's, it's, a, it's a good take. It, it's, it's a good thing that in some ways, this is a good thing that she got. Voted oh, off at this absolutely. Point. Yeah. So I got beat up online, Jeff, like you, it's been a rough week for me. I understand. So, <laughs> so my point was, and I wrote a blog about the fact that, listen, we're all disappointed that Haven Madison lost. Mm. I wanted her to win. I'm a Homer. I'm not mm-hmm. watching the show anymore. As a matter of fact, <laughs> I won't listen to the music of the person who wins. I'm so upset. Ryan, it's got Lionel Richie. I don't care. I'm oh, upset. How do you- <laughs> so my take was, let's be honest about American Idol. The winners of American Idol, they haven't had a winner that's become a major star in over a decade. Ooh, it's fair. I didn't know that. Carrie, Kelly, uh, Carrie Underwood was the last major, major star to win that show. Scotty McCreary's not thrown in oh, on that okay. list? I'll say, I'll say Scotty McCreary. Carrie okay. Underwood? Yeah, Carrie Underwood. Yeah, she was, she was on American Idol. Six, season six. Who isn't watching? He's not watching. So yeah, you've got, <laughs> you've got, but, you've got but you've got Kelly Clarkson, you've got Scotty McCreary, you've got uh, Carrie Underwood. Yep. And then can you name me? Who's won American Idol in the last 10 years, Jeff? Give me one name. Man, in the last 10, I couldn't. Exactly. I, I couldn't. Scotty McCree was the last one I think I even knew. But Adele. He, she wasn't on that show. But there are so many people that have been on that show and have gotten bigger than the mm. person who has won. Mm. Great example of that is Chris Daughtry, 
who's a band called Daughtry. Right. Um, he is bigger. He still has a massive career. Who won the year that Chris Daughtry was on? Mm. You can't remember, can you? No, I cannot. Right? Yeah. The Voice. The Voice has never produced a winner that has gone on to be a major superstar. That I can agree with. I can't think of anybody who's won The Voice. But Morgan Wallen was on a season of The Voice. He did not win. He is the biggest name in country music right now. Wow. So my point was, Haven Madison does not need to win American Idol to be a star. All she needed was people to take attention, like to pay attention and go, look at this amazing talent. Mm-hmm. They have paid attention. So it's a way to break onto the scene, but you don't. Right. But the other thing, too, is the winner ends up being contractually obligated exactly. to ABC yep. for like a year. Or and let's crazy. be honest. So, yeah. Haven is an incredible songwriter. You don't want her singing some schlop that American Idol's like, oh, you're going to sing this awful song. Mm. By not winning, she retains creative control. You know, she is not sucked into the American Idol publicity machine where you have to do this, this, and this. She can retain who she is as an artist, and she's going to be a star. She is going to be the next Taylor Swift. She didn't have to win American Idol to do that. And if you look at what, and I, people got so mad at me online, it's like, ah, you're wrong. I'm wrong. She's going to be a star. No, I'm right. She's going to be a star. You look at statistically, look at the number of seasons on American Idol, look at the winners and look at who's still around. Who do you even remember? And there's more stars that have come out of just making the top 10 than have actually won. Haven Madison, I'm calling it right now. It's going to be a huge star. Mm-hmm. And she does I not believe it. She's not need to win American Idol to be a star. Yeah. The best thing to happen to her not winning because now she can retain creative control. Yeah. She can be who she needs and to sing be. Sing her own songs. Yes. The, song, I mean, the songs that she had her sing, I was like, really? They're going to have her sing that? And that's not her. Right. That doesn't match her voice or her persona. 15. Incredible. Great song. We, yeah. We've played it like 500 sometimes on Q108. We, we're still going to play it because we're going to support Haven because mm. we think she's going to be the next big thing. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I'm excited about it. People online were punching me up and down. I don't know <laughs> what I'm talking about. Oh, really? Name me, name me one person who's won American Idol in the last 10 years. You can't. Can't do it. But I'll tell you what, everyone's going to know who Haven Madison is in the next couple of years. Everyone's going to be a household name. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, you got nothing to top that. I got nothing to top that. (laughs) That was a great take. I I can give you, I can give you a a transition though. We can go from teenagers on American Idol to teenagers at the Bar T Arena showing off their calves. Hello, the Bar T Arena. Yes, Bar T Arena. Oh, that's the 4-H Center. The 4-H Center. We have a young man here. His name is Alan Bar T, and I thought that. We, we we got him a whole stadium. We got him a whole stadium. Like he's got <laughs> a stadium. No, this is this is big. This is big stuff. This is yeah. a rodeo. Yeah, this is well. It's not. This is the uh, the calf show. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I'm not talking about your legs. Um, Although they look great. They do look great. Ryan is known for having really good calves. So so this is a true story. So Chris and I were at a retreat once this this weekend. You know, men's retreats, mm. and it was hot. It was. It, it's in Mont Eagle. Uh, it's this beautiful Dubois Conference Center, and we were we were just it was like a church retreat for men, and Chris and I are there, and so we're wearing shorts because it's hot out, right? You of rock some shorts when it's hot out. So Chris and I are waiting in line for lunch, and this one guy starts talking to me about my calves. 
this is going on and Chris walks away. Like Chris, Chris just, <laughs> like, like I am looking around to be helped because the conversation is getting strange about my calves and it's how majestic it's they are. Is getting strange or is already right. strange? It's, Chris, it's like the opposite of a wingman. Right. I'm like, okay, Chris I'm out. Leaves. I'm <laughs> out Chris here. leaves. Back to the car. Well, I'm getting this uncomfortable conversation about my calves. And I thought if I just, you know, okay, well, how long can this go on? I get my plate of food. I go find where Chris is at. I sit down and the guy sits down next to me and continues to talk about my calves. <laughs> and he says, Jeff, he says, you have calves like George Washington. <laughs> to which one of our friends says, how do you know what George Washington's calves look like? A great question. Well, he it goes, was those knicker things, right. right? And he goes, oh, from the paintings. And so mm. he offered me a job. This guy's like, what? hey, if you ever need a job, I own a, I run a bike messenger service in Knoxville. And with calves like that, you can come work for me anytime. <laughs> <laughs> to which I said, you know, I've got a great job. Thank you. But just when you need a friend to say, hey, back off on the calves. He said, I'm out. Smith I got to go. Sneaks away. I yeah. turn around going, where's Chris to help with this? Oh, and gosh. He's gone. Go ahead, talk about job security. Gone! Yeah, like, nope, nope. I'll let Ryan handle this. Yeah. I'm out of here. I'll never forgive you for that. Oh, he was going to come oh. after my calves next, I was afraid. I, your calves do not compare to mine. You were safe. Came. Nobody's really calves were safe. <laughs> so, where were we? You set me up to tell that story, didn't I you? I did, I did. I was thinking about, I didn't think you would actually tell it. Whenever you need somebody. I just, want you to, I just want you to snicker at an inside joke, but now everybody knows what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh whenever you yeah. need someone you need to rely on somebody make sure that person is not chris smith yeah. <laughs> so so the actual calves people listening to this on wnze on a sunday night are like what the heck is this garbage you guys need help the actual calves are uh are calves yeah our baby cows <laughs> um were put on display by the uh the 4-h kids who uh, raised these these cows um, so we got some really good photos. Our new uh, videographer, uh, yeah, photographer, yeah. Uh, Wesley, um, he got some great photos of these kids. I'm going to have him videotape happy. my cows. <laughs> Everybody knows what I'm talking about. So, well, I can see this. We're not going to be able to have a conversation about this article. No, 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 please continue. <laughs> we'll try. Hey, we'll try. You know, I'm going to do what you did to me. I'm just going to leave. <laughs> just going to walk you away. Jeff take care of this. While we talk about the cows. Uh, but congratulations to all yes, these kids. Yes. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine raising a calf from infancy, you know, and then selling it <laughs> for meat. Right. You know, I guess what, eight years later, I don't know how long it takes, yeah. but, um, but yeah, so we, um, I saw a photo once and I think this is when I was working in the newspaper. I think we won an award for this of a, a little girl who had um, raised her calf from infancy and she was, you know, yeah, gi yeah. giving away, she was saying goodbye to the cow yeah. and she's hugging it and just tears are pouring down her face. Yeah. She's crying over. You got an award for some kid crying. You wrote a story yeah, about that. Emotion. Give it up for Christmas. It's wow. Everybody. Wow. It's emotion. Kids cry. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a fact of life. It's wow. part of the process it is. is you have to, you do this whole process. Eventually you've got to say goodbye yeah. to that cow, that steer. Raising calves. Tough. Calf raises, even tougher. How do I know? That's how I got my nice calf. Ask the guy at the All camp. Right. <laughs> I knew we wouldn't be able to finish that one. All right. I can't believe you got an award for reporting on a child crying. It was the photo. It was the photo that won it. So... <laughs> 
<laughs> Next Wait, up. What'd you win an award for, Chris? I took a picture of a kid crying. <laughs> I didn't take the picture. It's just Chris, a photographer. Chris is behind the camera with a big smile on his face. Yes. This is an award winning photo. Load the cow this. onto the trailer. <laughs> How does it feel saying goodbye <laughs> to future hamburger? <laughs> um. <laughs> I did not take that photo. I'm glad. I'm glad she did. Um, so, Kiwanis Rodeo is coming up. Oh, okay. More calves. More cows. More cows. See, I had, I had another cow I story, everybody. No. Um, so this is the uh, Kiwanis Rodeo is yes. coming up. Yeah. The uh, fort is it the 40th annual, 34th <laughs> annual uh, Clarksville Kiwanis Rodeo at the same arena. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they're going to have uh, barrel racing, bull riding, uh, steer wrestling, team roping, all kinds of stuff. It's a full rodeo. I've seen Jeff Matthews wear a cowboy hat. Absolutely. And a, and a big belt buckle. Are you a rodeo fan or are you just a, a, I, I a like Western the, attire fan? I like the rodeo. Yeah. The hat is more of just an attire thing, okay. though. Uh, I do like it's going to the hat. rodeo. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. that one. So Cody James actually got Ooh. it at uh, uh, Boot Barn a oh, few weeks ago. Nice. Something. Nice. Good Clarksville hat. Boot Barn. Yeah. Um, no, I love the rodeo. The rodeo is one of my favorite things to go to. Um, you know how most people say like they want to go skydiving yeah. and like for their 18th birthday or whatever, right? I've always said I want to ride a bull. I've always, I was, that has always been one thing I have wanted to do. No training. I don't really care yeah. about that part. I'll get hurt, but always wanted to do it just to try it. Just to yeah. say one day I don't did they that. have one of those electric bulls at the electric cowboy. They do. I think I oh, think man. we're a field trip with Jeff. <laughs> yeah. To go to the electric cowboy. We had to go get Make it. Your dreams so, come true. Barbecue joint. And then we're yes. going to the bull ride. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just to get Jeff's life streams, you know, in order here. <laughs> uh, but no, I think with, especially with Yellowstone being so big, I'm sure like now everyone thinks rodeo is cool. There was a time oh, when it's sure. like, oh, I don't know much about rodeo, but if you watch Yellowstone, which is the biggest drama on planet earth, um, there's a lot of rodeo in there and it is a lot of fun to see. Mm. It is, it is the, the 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 riders the ropers and all they have an incredible talent they have a strong connection with the animals mm-hmm. and i think people yeah. miss that they people some people see the rodeo and they kind of just don't under, understand the whole purpose yeah. of it but you go out there and you realize how much fun these people are having and yeah. you see the connection that they have with these animals i mean it's awesome it's yeah. an electrifying uh, atmosphere yeah mm-hmm. it's a good time yeah, and you know, I think with both the um, the 4-H thing and with um, with rodeo, they're they're both sort of examples of how we've really lost that sort of farming spirit. Yeah, without yeah, not right. really understanding our relationship with animals anymore. Yep, because we've gotten to where we treat our dogs and cats like babies. And, you know, and we don't seem to understand that these are animals, you know, and, and if you've not been raised on a farm, you, you don't have that perspective at all. If right. you've been raised around chickens and ducks and cows and stuff, and you see life and death and, and it's no big deal. Um, but now we've gotten so sensitive, probably because of the way we see pets as part of the family. I don't know. I, I feel like we were losing perspective on yeah. what animals are. Um, I, I think it's safe to say, Jeff, that Chris does not have a stroller for his dog. I don't I don't you're not going to see Chris pushing his dog in a stroller down on Franklin Street. And that's a good thing. I think people that call their children like or call their dogs their children, it's a little odd. Yeah, I love my dog. We go on walkies every day. We have walkies. a good time walkies. walking in the woods. And, Between um, picnics and walkies, you're real yeah. knocking out of the park today. But but it, yeah. I recognize that that is a dog, and that's very different from the rest of my family. Well, and just the separation of food, too, like where our food comes from. Mm-hmm. You know I mean? Right. How many times has your kids done this yet where they're like whoa wait a minute dad i remember my son saying this did you know that chicken tenders 
come from actual chickens? <laughs> Where did you think they came from? Yeah. Like, you think the name was just similar? Like, they're like, think. listen, we've got this substance. We're going to bread it and fry it. it I, I bet it tastes like chicken. We'll just go ahead and call it chicken tenders. He was floored by that. I'm like, wait yeah. till you find out where hamburgers come from. <laughs> That's going to be a lesson right there. Yeah. But you're right. They don't come from ham. No, no, no not, not. Not, not at all. Yeah. Not at all. Um, and the final story I've got for you this week is um, a little rescue that we had. Um, there was a dog, speaking of dogs. Yeah. yeah there was transition. Boy, that's a nice transition. Yeah, nice job. You are right solid with the transitions. There today. was a uh, dog that apparently spotted an opossum, also called a possum. Okay. Hang on, Wordsmith. Can you educate us before we get uh, further? Sure. What is the difference between a possum and an opossum? Uh, you don't pronounce the O. Oh, gotcha. I have no idea why that is. Why you just don't leave the O off, you know, but it is, it's spelled possum with an O at the front. So you, when you, were, o. When you yeah. were trying to type up this story, mm-hmm. did you keep trying to type possum with a no O and you kept spell checking and the squiggly lines underneath? You're like, what's uh, going on here? I don't recall exactly. Cause I've known that, that a possum is spelled oh, with of an course o, you do. but I've yeah. always objected to it. it should <laughs> not be spelled objected to it. Chris yeah. is taking a, a strong stance being anti-silent O. Tell me how you feel about Oxford commas. <laughs> oh God. You mean, you mean Zvord? Jeffrey oh, don't. God. You mean Zvord commas? <laughs> what? All right. <laughs> I was a comm major, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but I'll tell you what. I'm going to look up possum. We're going to find right. out here. So they have four legs. here you go. Both both <laughs> possum with no o, right, and opossum. I'll pronounce it that way just for the sake of clarity. Correctly refer to the Virginia opossum, frequently seen in North America. Hmm. In common use, possum is the usual term. In technical or scientific context, opossum is preferred. Opossum can be pronounced with its first syllable either voiced or silent. Ooh, the silent O. Oh, Very so rare. So you can call it an opossum. There so there's no rules. No, no. There's no rules. There's no, rules. You know no. Go crazy. Um, call it whatever you want. The only rule is that it's spelled differently <laughs> twice. That's the only thing on the books. Do whatever you want. So uh, so why are we talking about possums? Because there was a dog, a dog that found right, one. There right, was a, a dog. dog was chasing after one. A little, a little dog too. A little right? dog. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he was chasing after a possum, and the possum went down a storm drain. And dog, being a dog, thought, "Oh, that's a great idea. I'm right. going to yeah. go down a vertical storm drain to chase this possum." And he got trapped down there. So little dog was trapped, and the um, a Clarksville Fire Rescue was called out. And instead of saying, eh, it's a dog, don't right. worry about it, yeah. um, they actually set up a whole like uh, rescue uh, system, uh, this sort of um, assembly over the top of the uh, it's sort of triangle thing, yeah. um, set it up over the hole, and um, a guy went down on a rope down into the storm oh, wow. drain uh, to rescue the dog. Um, his name was Oscar. Oh, Oscar. Oscar. But he's yep. back. I'll tell you what. I'm glad the dog... For sure. Back at home with its owners. Mm-hmm. Everything's okay. But when you get a call like that and you're fire and rescue, mm-hmm. that's got to be kind of, it's not as exciting as I'm sure some of the bigger things you see, but you get to creatively try to figure out how to rescue yeah. this dog, right? That's true. Like you roll up on something and and maybe you've never seen something like this before. That's why I think it's, you know, I, I give so much credit to firefighters and police officers because you can't train that job for every scenario, right? Mm-hmm. It's a job that requires thinking on your feet. Mm-hmm. So you get out there, you see the storm drain, and now you've got to figure out how to safely get 
a, you know, a firefighter down into this hole to rescue this dog and safely back up and everyone makes it okay. That's got to be a lot of fun to just try to figure out some ideas and solutions for taking care of this dog. Yeah, yeah. And you can see in some of these photos um, that Clarksville Fire Rescue took and shared with us, um, you can see that the fire, some of these firefighters are really having fun. You know, I yeah. mean, it's a serious thing, you know, because there is risk, you know, in what they're right. doing. But they're they were really happy about saving well, the dog compared you know? to the things they see with you know fires of houses mm-hmm. and and car accidents and that sort of thing. Being able to creatively find a way to rescue this dog and bring him back yeah. home is a lot less stressful, I'm sure, than some of the other things yeah. they see. Yeah. A lot less stressful. I think that dog, Oscar, there was no danger. Correct? She was he was just trapped under there. Correct? It didn't uh, what we got didn't say anything about whether he was really in danger other than just like you know stuck to right death, right stuck yeah there, right right hole, right exactly know. but yeah so but Oscar's back home Oscar's and that's back what home. matters exactly what matters. absolutely and the possum got away the, but though the possum did get away we knew that for sure yeah. okay the opossum we're not sure about we are building a detention center for the <laughs> possums that's going to be possum. down over on North Riverside Drive detention center yeah yeah, yeah. well that's all I got. So real quick, I'll leave you with this story. Okay. I, 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 I have another heard. story. Is it about cats? Oh, not about cats. It's about oh. possums. Um, okay. I didn't know this, but there's a great book out called The Food of a Younger Land. And I, I bought this book. I read it years ago. And it, in the Second World War, there was so many unemployed writers in the United States. It was right between the Great Depression and the, and the Second World War that they employed all these unemployed writers in something called the National Writers Project. And one of their projects was, uh, you know, documenting regional foods of what the foods of the land were, right? Like what were all these different unique foods? And they talk right. about New Brunswick stew and, and that sort of thing, or Brunswick stew at that point, or burgoo is in that book. Mm-hmm. And so they also talk about something called possum stomps, where people would kill possums, they'd hang them up in mm-hmm. their windows, and then they would have big possum stomps where they would possum stomps. Oh yeah. And they would make all sorts of different possum dishes. Oh, like a big deal. Why would it be called a stomp? I don't know. It didn't say that in the book, hmm. but yeah. And so, well, well yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that you did the possum pies and, right. and all that sort of thing. And if you look back at Brunswick stew or burgoo, and at one time it was possum and squirrel and raccoon yeah. and all that stuff. It wasn't always chicken meat and sausage. Yeah. So, yeah. Interestingly yeah. enough, you, you see those things and go, I can't imagine eating those, but at one time, we well, that was, that's all you got. Yeah. That's your only source of protein. Exactly. Yeah. The Great Depression was really hard on some of those families. Yeah. Well, no, what's interesting was, and the, the book is really interesting because it talks about how when the interstate system came back through the United States, everything homogenized mm-hmm. because now wow. you're able to get food anywhere. So that's mm-hmm. when you started seeing restaurants pop up and you saw these regional delicacies start to disappear because everybody started eating the same thing because everything was available to everybody anytime mm-hmm. because of the interstate system. Yeah. Yeah. It's a better book than I'm describing. I just want to say that. everybody. <laughs> no, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. We, we, um, grown up in North Alabama. One of the things that we had every year was a goat stew. And um, when I was a kid, it was Fourth of July goat stew. My uh, uncle Benny and Billy, they're twin twin brothers, and they um, had a farm. Yeah, and uh, so they would do this goat stew. But I got it in my head as a little kid that they were literally taking a goat and lowering it into a vat <laughs> yeah. of water, like a full on live goat, and lowering it into a vat and boiling Oof. it. And um, and so I would never taste it. Yeah. And then only later, as an adult, it's one of those things where you realize. 
Wait a minute. <laughs> That's not what they did. They slaughtered that yeah. goat and then cut up the meat. Was it oh, good? Um, well, no, I never had an opportunity as an adult to go back and do it. They stopped doing it because well, they got old. I'll tell you this. Uh, one of my prior jobs, we had a gentleman that worked there. Excellent cook. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. Vasquez made this gumbo one day. Yeah. I came into the office and he was like, Jeff, you want some gumbo? Mm-hmm. And I yeah. was like, absolutely. Yeah. Um, it was delicious. Fantastic gumbo. Yeah. What's in this uh, gumbo there, Vasquez? And he goes, well, there's a little bit of turtle, a little bit of fox, uh, a little bit of chicken. And I was like, what? And he was like, yeah, I got everything in there. Foxtail. And I was like, all right, cool. Never ate it again, but it was delicious nonetheless. Well, Jeff wow, flexes turtles of the ninja variety. <laughs> that's he true. Not, he did want Michelangelo is my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's where you just don't want to know. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, don't I, I don't ask that better. question right. ever anymore. You know what's yeah. good? Just don't tell me what's in it. I don't need to know. Yeah. And you don't need to know anymore either because now you know everything that was big in Clarksville this week. That was your week, your news for May 7th. Chris, thank you so much for coming in again. Yeah. Always nice to have you. Jeff, thanks for filling in for Katie. Thank Absolutely. You, it was a lot of fun chatting with you today.